You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend David Walker. David, welcome in. Doug, good morning, buddy. Great to be here. Good morning. It's a great Tuesday here on Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to listen to the Locked On Panthers podcast with Steve Reed and get ready for Week Three's matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Also, check out Locked On Fantasy. So all week, or fantasy basketball, I should say, all week we're doing depth chart breakdowns of the Charlotte Hornets. All week, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is doing breakdowns of each position in terms of the tiers that they represent in fantasy basketball so if you're getting if you haven't drafted yet if you're getting ready that's a great podcast hosted by josh lloyd and we're going to have a segment uh coming up later in the show with him talking about nick batum because today we're focusing on the shooting guard position and we've got a great interview with uh, dustin pfeiffer Uh, he covers the hornets He'll tell us about Nick Batum and the rest of the shooting guard position. That's coming up in just a second. Quick news note, David. uh, Single game tickets go on sale today at uh, Hornets.com. So uh, make sure to check that out. I think they start at 10 a.m. So depending on when you're listening, it may have already started. So make sure uh, to head over and get your single game uh, tickets. I I mean, what games are you interested in, David? I've got a couple in mind. Mm, well, I always like to go to the opener, Doug. I mean, that's always a fun one. Um, and I, gosh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but there's a couple. Golden uh, right State, San there. Antonio, yeah. those are the two big national yeah. TV games. Those should be fun. Yeah. I want to go see them play the Celtics. I'm really interested in the Celtics team, mm-hmm. and the Hornets had mm-hmm. trouble beating them last season. So I think if they can beat, I think they got to beat the Hawks and the Celtics. If they could beat those two teams, I really feel like that's going to signal that this team is. Uh, once again, and they've got two chances against the Celtics in the preseason. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, but if they could get two victories against those two teams, I really feel like that signals that they're ready to get back to the playoffs. And really, anybody in the Southeast, right, Doug? We've talked about how much it's going to be up for grabs. So any of these divisional games, especially to start the season, and heck, maybe down the stretch, too, those are going to be interesting. All right, go get your tickets. The shooting guard position, very important, very vital to those playoff chances for the Charlotte Hornets. I talked to Dustin Pfeiffer. He's a Hive Talk Live Locked On Hornets correspondent, covers the Hornets. He's a Hornets insider, and he breaks down the shooting guard position. Take a listen. All right, joined now by Dustin Pfeiffer, Hive Talk Live senior correspondent. Dustin, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me, Doug. It's good to be back on, and it's uh, hard to believe that uh, training camp is right around the corner. It's crazy. We we are a little over a week away from training. Actually, exactly a week away mm-hmm. here on Tuesday, and you've, you're joining us now to help us break down the depth chart uh, position of shooting guard. And, and this depth chart breakdown couldn't come at a better time because we've got training camp coming up, and that's when guys will position themselves on that depth chart Tell us about what we've got uh, ahead for the shooting guard position for the Charlotte Hornets. Well, the, the shooting guard position is going to be an interesting one to watch this season because it could turn out to be a big strength for this Hornets team, or in the end it could turn out to be a weakness. Um, that's all going to depend on what kind of depth uh, plays out here for the team. Obviously, you're going to start with Nick Batum at the two-guard spot. Uh, great to have him back, sign him to a good contract, and hopefully he can continue to play like he did last year. 
the main thing with Nick will be um, for him to not only for him to stay healthy, but also for MKG to stay healthy playing the, the position at the three spot. Because when you look at it, having those two together on the floor is really what's going to benefit the Hornets the best. I mean, MKG playing the three, guarding the best position, allowing Batum to play the two, take some time off on defense on the best player, focus more on offense. Batum can play not only when he plays the two, he can handle the ball, so Kimmich can play off of him some. So obviously he's going to be the number one shooting guard. He's going to be the guy that they rely on down the stretch. Um, so that's, you know, the starting position is pretty locked in and got to be considered the strength for this team. Now, yeah. when you, when you, when, go ahead, go ahead, Doug. I was going to say, you know, it's interesting. I, I've been doing previews of the Hornets for other teams uh, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm a little surprised that I have to tell people that Nick Batum wants to play shooting guard, will play shooting guard, is going to be the second guard in the backcourt. I think there's still this idea that Nick Batum is a prototypical three, but he, he doesn't want to play the three position. He doesn't want to guard the three position. He wants to play shooting guard. Absolutely, and I think they just look at maybe his height and his length and they think he's automatically a three, but when he played his best basketball last year, he was playing the two spot, and obviously we only got to see it for a seven or eight game stretch with MKG, but when he was able to play the two and not have to use all of his energy on defense against the best player, man, it really opened up his offensive game, and it really opened up the offensive game for the Hornets, and and not only with Batum playing the two and, and adding some spacing, but it had created more for MKG to get to the basket in the lane. Okay, so what's next on the depth chart? Well, next, we're, you know, we're going to go to the backup position, which is a, a brand-new guy. You know, you're looking at uh, Marco Bellinelli coming to the Hornets. Uh, obviously, the Hornets traded a first-round pick for him, the number 22 pick, and um, some fans, you know, were kind of questioning that move. Um, some fans maybe liked it, bringing in a veteran, so it's kind of an up-in-the-air move. Bellinelli's a guy who, when he gets going and shooting, he can really be a good player um, at that two-spot off the bench. Now, I the Hornets have wanted him for two years, especially Coach Clifford. He really seems to like this guy, thinks he'll fit well in his system. Um, Coach loves how he can space the offense. He also loves how he can handle the ball. So um, that'll be a benefit in this offense. The thing is, the thing I've always said with Marco Bellinelli is he kind of seems like that guy who, when he's in a very good system on a very good team, example, the San Antonio Spurs, he seems to be a really good player. But then if he signs with a team who's maybe not as good like the Sacramento Kings last year, he doesn't seem to produce as much as he had a down year. So will Clifford be able to get the best out of him? We've seen him do it in the past, bringing guys in off of down years and able to to really pick them up. And um, he'll be looking to do that with Bellinelli this year. One thing he'll want Bellinelli to do is increase that three-point percentage. He only shot 30% from three last year. Um, obviously, we've seen him do better in the past with the Spurs. So Clifford will really be looking to get the best out of him. And how can you go against Clifford? We've seen what he's done with guys before. Well, Clifford said recently when he talked to the media that trading that number 22 pick for Marco Bellinelli was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing him, of course, but it was essentially a no-brainer because Marco can play now. And I, I take that to mean, you know, he can play now as a key piece of the rotation. But we saw Nick Batum have several injury issues last season. The Hornets are going to need to have somebody locked in behind him that's dependable that's a veteran that has the ability uh, to shoot the three ball late in the game like Nick Batum can. So I, I think I, I agree. I think it was a no brainer. I think you have to have somebody, uh, another wing who can shoot the ball and, and play late. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that too, and, and that's why, like you said, Cl- Clifford's been—he's been wanting this guy for two years. They—they they tried to sign him as a free agent, um, so he was finally able to get him. I mean, there there was some guys there at twenty-two that maybe could could provide you something down the road, but that was going to take two or three years. And this team is really just not in that mode right now. You know, winning forty-eight games last year—they're trying to to build on that, um, or at least stay the same around forty-eight games around that three or four spot. So they're definitely going—they're trying to win now and. I think Bellinelli is going to help. Like I said, I love this coaching staff and what they do with guys when they're trying to get the best out of them. And Bellinelli really is a, a sharpshooter when he gets going. So I think he's only going to help the offense. Now, like you said, if Batum goes down and he has to start, um, that we'll have to see how that goes because I'm not sure if he's ready to start every game. But let's just hope that that doesn't happen and Batum stays healthy at that two spot. Well, behind Marco, you have Jeremy Lamb, who has uh, or showed a lot of upside in the first half of last season, but then uh, began to fade. And he's talked about, we've talked about some of the reasons behind that. What does Jeremy Lamb have to do to wrestle time away from Marco Bellinelli in this rotation? You, you know, it's funny. When I looked at Jeremy Lamb's name, you know, when I was doing my research for the shooting guard spot, you kind of just it left yourself sitting there going, what are we going to get from this guy? And like you said, when we saw him in that first stretch of the season, we thought, man, what a pickup. This is the rotation guy we've been looking for off the bench. He he could almost be a six-man type role. And then it just kind of disappeared as the season went on. He, he was inconsistent. Um, his defensive play was, was lacking some. He, he wasn't as physical. So those are some things that are really going to need to happen. Um, for Lamb to really get some playing time. He's going to need to improve on his strength and get stronger. Um, he's going to need to improve on his shooting. Even though he can shoot the ball, he only was 30% from three last year as well. He's got all the offensive skills. He's got the dribble. Um, he can pull up. He can take it to the basket. So this guy is an anomaly. I mean, he just – this guy, if he if he gets it and it finally clicks, this is what's going to make this two spots so strong for the Charlotte Hornets because if you have him as the third guy in your rotation – and also, like you said, fighting for minutes with Marco Bellinelli, then all of a sudden this team can really play any one of those guys down the stretch because of the offensive skills that they have. But the, the thing is, like you said, can he get more consistent? I mean, that first stretch of the season when he played like that and they gave him that three-year, $21 million contract, we thought, man, what a great deal to get him locked up. That's perfect. But then it fell off, and now after the year everybody was questioning, man, I kind of wish we didn't have that contract on the books. So now he needs to step up and answer to show that he's worth that deal and he's going to get some minutes in this rotation. To me, he is the biggest thing to watch um, early in the season to see if he can fight and get in that rotation. Well, well, definitely. And I think there will be opportunity because it's not inconceivable to move Marco Bellinelli over to the, to the three position if if the opposing Correct. three is not small and quick. You know, Marco has the size uh, to match up with uh, other you know bigger threes in the league, so I, I think Jeremy Lamb. We've seen you know the rotation really opens up at the beginning of the season. There will be ten, maybe uh, even eleven guys getting on the floor. So Lamb will have his opportunities, and you know after the way last season ended, he's really going to have to show uh, himself in the first part of this season. Uh, to maybe even stay in Charlotte because that contract of Jeremy Lamb's is is certainly uh, a tradable asset. So we'll see uh, Jeremy Lamb's development. It seems like you know he's focused and you know, he talks about a new mindset, getting his body uh, more prepared for uh, the the slog of an NBA season. So we'll see how he he plays out. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. If Nick Batum were to get injured, season-long injury, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But if it does, how doomed are the Hornets? 
Uh, I'm going to say I'm pretty concerned if he goes down for the season, and I'm going to say my level of concern is if he does go down, that they're immediately looking for a trade to add depth to the shooting guard position. Again, I, I like Bellinelli. I like Jeremy Lamb. I like what they can provide offensively. Um, if they if they play well, then they're going to be great guys for the rotation. But without Batum, those two guys are not going to get it done alone, um, starting and rotation-wise off the bench. So my level of concern is pretty high. If Batum goes down, um, Rich Cho and Clifford are immediately going to be looking around the league like they do every year and try to find one of those value trades that they can find to bring in some depth for shooting guard. And we've seen them pull off some pretty good deals um, before the deadline in years past, and I think that they'll be looking that way immediately if something does happen to Nick Platoon. All right, so Dustin, starting with you, we're going to ask each of these depth chart uh, position uh, breakdowns to rank the depth chart position based on – we don't do grades – uh, we we don't like grades. We don't like ratings. You know, one to ten. We got to do something a little weird. So we've asked you to pick your favorite movie series or TV series. Get creative and rank this this depth chart position based on that. What you got for us? Well, you know, I'm not a big movie guy, but the movies I do love, I'm I'm a big a big fan of the the Rocky series. So I probably have to base it off that. Obviously, we know Rocky one is the best as it typically seems to be in in most of the series. But um, when you look at this this Hornets this Hornets depth chart with the shooting guard position, it's it's kind of in the middle for me. I mean, that when I look at the Rocky series, I think you know uh, Rocky two, um, Rocky three are good. I think Rocky three might be the second best one. Obviously, Rocky five is the worst in, in my opinion. Um, but looking at this position, I think the Hornets are right there where they're not the main attra- the shooting guard position is not the main attraction like Rocky one was. Um, but it does have some potential. But I think it's right in the middle of a, of a sequel, the second one, third one. But it's it's got to just have that consistency. Um, and notice sometimes when you watch movies, the sequel doesn't have that all the way throughout great movie type quality. So that's kind of what the shooting guard position has. It has a chance to be really good if they stay healthy and people play consistent. But if anything happens injury-wise or if Jeremy Lamb continues to not get it going, then this is where we could see something fall apart. And sometimes the endings to the sequels aren't as great as the first ones. It's kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, so you're a little worried. It's kind of like, you're kind of like Rocky, a little worried about Apollo. Like maybe absolutely don't, don't do this last fight, Apollo. Maybe this isn't such a great idea. Um, yeah. no, so, so you know, wait a minute. So wait a minute. Where do you rank Rocky four? I feel like Rocky four is often the, the standard bearer for Rocky movies. I mean, it, it, it's uh, Rocky Four's got great qualities, and like I said, you kind of throw that in there with you know two and three. They're kind of right there together. It's like one's great, five's awful, and then Rocky Four, you know Rocky Three, they're right there. Um, that could be talked about for the second best movie, but um, you know also you know, the, the the latest movie, even though people don't talk about it as much, Creed. I Creed, very Creed's well. amazing. You could, you, you could, Creed's you could, great. You could talk about throwing that in there as well. I love Creed. I, I think I mean if you count that as a Rocky movie, I feel like it's got to be right behind Rocky One. Yeah, Creed was definitely, you know, I think it surprised a lot of people. They didn't know what to expect, but they definitely did well with that movie. Well, we hope Nick Batum stays healthy. We hope he has the eye of the tiger. We hope the shooting guard position works out for the Charlotte Hornets because it would be a big boost to this team. Dustin, you're a big boost to our team. Thanks so much, my friend. No problem, Doug. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to the season. Fantastic stuff there from Dustin Pfeiffer. It's Pfeiffer, but... um. Yeah, Doug, the, the shooting guard position, we feel good about it because you've got Nick Batum out there, right? So you think he'll he'll spot up there some. But then behind him, uh, the mystery man that I'm looking at, I think we've talked about all year, 
and he may play some two and some three. Um, Jeremy Lamb for me. I mean, of course, Bellinelli they brought in, but I'm looking for Lamb to maybe play some minutes there too, Doug. Are you seeing that this season? I mean, it's, I mean, he's going to have to have a great offseason. I think that's, you know, I think training camp is big for Jeremy Lamb. I think he's got to come in with that, you know, quote unquote new mindset that he says he has and really show off in the preseason and, and reestablish what he, what the magic that he had early last season. You know, what I'm interested in, David, is seeing if they decide to go with Nick Batum and Marco Bellinelli late in games. If they need oh, an yeah. offensive punch, uh, you know, I think Marco has the size that he can, pl- you know, you can sort of, um, they both play two and three, Marco and Nick Batum. So it would be easy, you know, positionless basketball. That would be the the sort of definition of it. So I'm interested to see if they play late in games. So I, I promised some some fantasy uh, insight, and we have it here from Josh Lloyd and the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. He's joined by Matt Smith. And I believe you'll hear Matt. No, you'll hear Josh first and then Matt. They're going over their tiers. They have Nick Batum in tier four of the shooting guard position. And really, they only had uh, one person in each of the top three tiers. So really, Nick, I think, ranks about fifth on their shooting guard list. But here, take a listen to their analysis, and we'll be back in just a second. We've got a couple of guys in in this area. Who are the guys we've got looking at in tier four here? Yeah, we do. We've got a fair drop off as well. Chris Middleton at point four two overall value, and then that drops down to Nicholas Batum at point one eight. Um, super reliable. I've got here. He's still the Swiss Army knife of fantasy. He does a little bit of everything, or even more than a little bit of everything. And he's still only twenty seven years old. It feels like Nicholas Batum has been around forever and fantasy friendly forever. But he is right in the prime of his career in a great situation um, in in Charlotte um, on a no, I was going to say a building team, but they showed last season in the playoffs that they're, they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs again coming this season. Um, throw in Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. So, yeah, there's no reason why Nicholas Batum can't put up an, another massive season. Yeah, I think there's a huge chance that he puts up you know, an, an equal. Like he probably will have to take on more ball handling responsibilities with Jeremy Lingon, and that that could be really great for his uh, for his numbers. He signed that contract a little bit under market value. I think uh, it's a great deal for Charlotte. It's a great deal for Nick. I'm a massive Batum fan, and you've heard me ranting on this podcast. Maybe you haven't, but you probably would have. That he is a player that gets gets hated in fantasy in a lot of situations. Um, so once he has a, a shit week, he will go 35 percent from the field in a week. He will legitimately get dropped in leagues because, because let's be honest, pe- people are idiots. There's idiots around that will do that, and that'll happen. And Batum's one of those guys that will, will cop it. He will cop getting dropped. He will get traded for nothing. He puts up a bad week. He's the guy that you go out aggressively. You go at him real hard. Good stuff there from Josh Lloyd and Matt Smith of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. You can check them out on iTunes. Just search Locked On Fantasy Basketball or go to Audio Boom. They're on all the podcatchers. So really just search Locked On Fantasy Basketball. David, I reactivated our league. It's official. Oh. I haven't set a draft date. <laughs> I think there's an automatic draft date set. But anyone listening... Uh, that is part of that fantasy basketball, uh, fantasy basketball league. It has restarted. We'll get some things figured out and, and update you on the show. And if there's enough interest from folks out there, if you're not part of that league from last season, email buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com if you're interested. And if we get enough interest, we'll start another one. I think that's 20 deep. 
So if we get a if we get ten people, I say we start we start a second league. I, I want to make sure that everyone gets involved here. Also, get involved. Ask us a question because we're going to be at training camp, and uh, we want to make sure your questions uh, get answered. So uh, send us your questions that you have for for a particular guy, for a coach, for for anything that's going on right now. Make sure to send those questions to Buzz Buzz at Hive Talk Live. Dot com. Also, a uh, little news note here. Um, I'm working on a newsletter that will feature the podcast, but will also catch you up on uh, the news around the Hornets and around the NBA. Very short newsletter that can go out to your uh, inbox. I'll have more information coming up about that as well. So stay tuned for more information as we as we roll out some new features. We're going live on YouTube starting in October. So a lot of exciting new things, David. I can't wait, Doug. And on that fantasy note, if anyone out there would like to co-manage a team with me, and by co-manage, I mean you make all the decisions and I take all the credit uh, if we win, then, <laughs> hey, throw your name in the hat for that, too. Because last year was a struggle. Was it two years? Did we do it last year, Doug? We started off. We, we start, I think we started that. one two okay. seasons ago, but we didn't. I think it kind of mm-hmm. it fell by the wayside. Because that one was on Yahoo. Is, uh, this this new other. one's on ESPN. Okay, okay. But you didn't finish terrible. I think you were fifth or something. I mean, you weren't. I mean, I, I look. I, I won the league. I'll just say that. Yes. yes I'll just put that course, out there. We don't want to forget I'll say that. that. Well, you, you you can't you can't win your league on draft night, but you can certainly lose it. So I was and uh, Nick Batum. Nick, Nick Batum was on my team. I'll say that as well. There Nick Batum and James Harden. James go. Harden was number one in their shooting guard tiers. So, um, you know, I I I was in, I wasn't listening to Josh Lloyd back then. But I'm in line with their thinking now, and I definitely listen to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast now to get some insight, uh, not just on fantasy, but on basketball as well. Uh, So thanks for listening uh, to Locked On Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. We are a presentation of the Locked On Podcast Network and also at thehive.com. Make sure to go to at the Hive. Get caught up as uh, they begin their player previews. Brian Roberts went up on Friday, I believe. We've got some more this week. So make sure you're tuning in there as well as uh, our podcast because all week we're breaking down the depth chart position. Tomorrow, small forward. Russell Varner from AtTheHive.com joins us with his small forward breakdown. You'll want to tune in for that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.